Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello. Welcome back. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Here for another discussion on what it's like to live overseas uh, for a short and a long period of time. I'm living in Rome currently for a year and Tiffany is also living in Rome. Yes, this is my 10th year living in Rome. And to give a little background about who we are, in case you're just getting with the program, uh, I am a radio producer and host, uh, currently on sabbatical, I guess, while my husband studies in Rome. And uh, Tiffany, what do you do? I am deputy editor of Where Rome magazine, and I also do a little freelance writing, do some tour guiding on the side, and creative writing as well. Lovely. So that's who we are, both in our mid-30s. I'll say that too, give you a frame of reference. Uh, and lately, I've come to realize that um, I've officially overstayed my welcome in Italy. Not because... Legally, that is. Not, uh, not to us residents, but legally only. Right. Not to the, friend, the friends and the friendly Italians on the street. But if you know, or maybe you don't know, uh, Americans are allowed to stay in the European Union for three months at a time. Uh, open visa without getting any special permissions. And... Um, and I have been here now for mm, a couple weeks over that period of time. Yep, just uh, just found that out, didn't you? <laughs> I haven't been paying close attention. And I was denied a visa. We um, applied for a visa for me because I am the wife of a person who has to come to Italy to study for a year. And for whatever reason, that was not considered a legitimate reason to accompany somebody to Europe. So rather than not go, I decided to come Anyway, knowing that I wasn't going to try to get a job and knowing that I wasn't going to buy drugs off the street, uh, all these things that might get me in trouble, um, I figured for the most part, what are the odds if I'm bumming around the house doing radio and writing and things like that, how am I ever going to get in trouble? So that's the, the background. Uh, now, of course, we are planning on uh, some trips coming up where I will have to have my passport checked. And... For the last few days, I'm feeling very antsy and having these terrible pictures in my head of, you know, me trying to lie convincingly that, oh, you know, what? actually, I've only been here three months. They didn't stamp it, blah, 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 but all these things. Uh, and then finding myself deported and Derek is spending the rest of the year here in Italy alone. And you can't come back to Europe for 10 years. Is it 10 years? I thought it was three years. You know what? <laughs> Either way, it's not going to happen. I'm here to tell you it's not going to happen. Well, okay. So I have two chances where it could happen. I'm going to Spain. And for some reason, I have to get my passport checked before I go to Spain. Dumb airline thing. Then I'm coming back and I'm flying to Asia. And then I'm flying back into Rome, of course. So this next month's going to be a big test. So I need your assurance. Why is this not going to happen? Well, now, I, I don't want to go on record and give you a 100% absolute <laughs> assurance nothing is going to happen. But I can, speaking from experience, tell you that it is highly unlikely that, at least in Italy, and I would say in Spain as well, that anything would happen. Big confession time. I spent the first four years of my stay in Italy being what they call here a clandestina, mm. uh, an illegal, secret resident, I guess you would say. A clandestina means, literally means secret. And I can tell you I stressed out a bit, too, because I definitely stayed, overstayed my time th by, you know, many more than just three months. Um, 
And every time I used to, you know, especially when coming back from the States, every time I used to walk back in, and I, and I remember vividly, I have distinct memories of walking through the airport on my way to the immigration control, and, you know, my heart would always be pounding and I'd always be nervous. My trick to try to, to look cool was to pretend that I was exhausted. And I would just think to myself, okay, you've just flown in from the United States, you've been flying all night, so just be exhausted. Because I thought, oh, it's so obvious that I'm stressed and that I'm nervous. Okay, I'll just pretend that I'm exhausted. Instead of trying to act normal, which was impossible, <laughs> I would just try to act exhausted, you know, yawning and things. Every single, and I would also, oh, by the way, I would also have a story worked up in my head about what I was doing in Italy, which I have. Yes, that's very good. We'll hear that next. Okay. But I would always have some kind of a story, and these stories were always very sort of, didn't have a lot of um, substance, but, I, you know, they were the best that I could do in the moment. And I would get there, and I would walk up, and I would wait in line. My heart's pounding. I'm trying to look tired. And invariably, I would get to the counter. The guy or, or woman would take my passport. Maybe about a quarter of the time, they would open it. Most of the time, they would just push it past and say, you know, go ahead. I, because I, you know, like a nerd was collecting passport stamps, would always ask them, can you stamp my passport? And they would open it up. They would look through it until they found a free page, stamp it, and hand it off to me. Nobody ever looked at it. Nobody ever asked. I rarely even had anyone check the picture to make sure it was even me. I could have had the passport of anybody, you know, on the plane, and they wouldn't even have known. So I never had any problems in Italy. I did have a problem in England one time, but let's not talk about that because you're not going to England. And so I don't think you'll have this problem in Italy or in Spain. I had another ex experience when I was coming into France. It was my first time coming back into Europe after having lived here for 11 months. And I was flying into France when I was going to visit some friends there before uh, taking a short flight back to Rome. And I was so nervous and I was so stressed out and I was trying to come up with a reason why I was there after having been in Europe without papers for 11 months. Now here I was back after just one, one month. And I walk in and I hand the guy my passport and he asks me where I'm from. And you know, this was my first time coming back and so I thought, oh gosh, he's going to start grilling me. And I told him I'm from Seattle. And he w went quiet and like he was concentrating, like he was thinking about something. And he looked up at me and he said, Seattle Supersonics? <laughs> and I said, yes. <laughs> and he said, Seattle Mariners? And I said, yes. And he said, ah, Seattle Seahawks? Yes. And he said, welcome to France. And that was it. So... You know, that was about the scariest thing that happened to me coming into Italy or coming, coming, let's say coming into the Schengen countries of Europe. I wouldn't be so flippant if you were talking about Germany or somewhere in Scandinavia. But for Italy, for Spain, for France, for those sort of countries, I think you're going to be okay. Okay. So, <laughs> well, let's just establish, though. How long has it been since you've gone through, since you are now legally a resident because there's been, there could possibly be some tightening that happens. Yes, there there could be, but I have a lot of friends who are still in my same situation, and I haven't heard anything bad from them. Uh, let's see. The last time I went through, when I last time I came into Italy before becoming a legal resident, would have been sometime in 2010, so less than four years ago. So it hasn't been that long. Okay. So you want to hear my story? Yeah. So here it is. 
going into Spain. It's not a great story, just like you said. You know. But better something than nothing. Right. So but here's the secret. You got to stick to it. Mm? <laughs> right. So we did, uh, we bought a ticket, a one-way ticket out of Spain to the United States that's fully refundable. It was ridiculously expensive, like, you know, almost two grand for a one-way ticket flying out of Madrid the next day from when we come in. Uh, so the thought would be, I would get there and I'd say, oh, yes, I had trouble getting a ticket home that was affordable. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is affordable, the one I have, right? Why you just say you gave up? You just, you, you gave up. I, I gave up. And so I end up staying too long. And now I'm on my way home. And for whatever reason, the cheapest way I found to go home was to fly into southern Spain, rent a car, <laughs> drive to Madrid, and take off the next day. That's a bit hard to believe. Right. So, <laughs> or uh, Derek had a more complicated version, which I'm not going to totally remember, but maybe it's the one we should do, that um, Derek is actually staying in Spain for a longer period of time. And so he has to uh, rent a car for some other reason. And so he's going to drive me to Madrid. And so I flew into the location where he was going. That's better. That's better. I like that better. You like that better? Okay. So, of course, the plan being as soon as we arrive safely in Spain, we call up the company and we cancel the plane ticket and we get that all that money back, hopefully. <laughs> and that's the hope. And then, and then on the return, of course, we have to go through this again on the return. And luckily, I'm flying to Asia three days later. So the same is, is, it's the same case. Oh, I'm just coming to Rome on my way to Bangkok with a three-day layover. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Now, heaven forbid they g have gotten computer systems and they're starting to take notes. And they'll be like, well, she just said that she was going home from Madrid. She's supposed to be going to the United States and now she's coming back and going to Bangkok? That's crazy. I know. But Derek I claims they don't write any of it down. I don't think they do. And here's why I think that they don't write anything down. Or n not that they only don't write anything down, but I don't think there's any computer record of things as far as, you know, when, you're com when your passport gets swiped. Now, again, don't quote me on this. But when your passport gets swiped, I mean, I always have this impression, oh, they're, you know, they just made a, some kind of track. They tracked me. They know I'm here. I had a problem once, and I think it was 2009, going into Britain. I was going for the weekend with the man who is now my husband, Claudio, but we were just dating at that time, and we were going to London. I was still living in Europe illegally, had been for over four years, but I thought, I've been to England so many times, maybe five or six, maybe more times, and I uh, never had any problem, and I've always stayed for very short periods of time. And I won't go into the whole story, but suffice to say, the woman did not want to let me in. She looked at my passport, and the reason I think she stopped and looked at it was because I had had to add extra pages to my passport because it was full. So adding all of these extra pages gave it an unusual look. So she looked through it a little more carefully and she saw stamp after stamp after stamp after stamp, almost all from Italy, but also from other European destinations and many from Great Britain. The point is she, she asked me point blank, you know, how many times have you been in, in the United Kingdom? And I told her, and she said, "How? what is the longest period of time you've ever stayed? It couldn't have been more than a week. I knew I had never been more than a week there. So she took my passport away, and she went through it, and she calculated by the stamps in my passport every time I went out of Italy and every time I went in England and when I went back to Italy. And she 
figured out that I was telling the truth. And that's why she let me in that and the fact that I told her that Claudia was my fiance and we were about to get married. So that was a little white lie that I told. But um, the point is, I use that as proof that there isn't some kind of record floating around telling her where I've been. So I don't think that there will be any record about you either, especially since you've only been in Italy for a little over three months. It's not like you've been here for 10 years, like some friends of mine. Hmm. I have many friends who've been doing this over and over and over again for 10 or more years. Mm. Now, now, as far as certain friends of yours will go specifically out of the union. There's the Schengen states. There's a Schengen agreement which is certain members of the EU, not all of them. For example, the United Kingdom is not part of the Schengen right. states. So that's where you have to go out of the Schengen states, not out of the EU. Right. To get the stamp. Mm-hmm. But if the if the rule is, and maybe the rule isn't this, and I've just been told wrong, but if the rule is that you're supposed to go out, three stay out, out for three months. months. I think it's three months in, six months out, something like that. So how does that work? If they're going into Britain to get a stamp and then turning right around and coming back, then they're getting the stamp, yes, but they're still technically not here legally. This is what I think about that. Now, again, this is for Italy. This is for maybe Spain, maybe maybe France. This is for the sort of southern European, more lax countries. I'm not talking about Germany. I'm not talking about Norway. Well, Norway isn't part of the EU, so whatever, Sweden. But in places like Italy, the way I've come to consider the holy grail of the passport stamp is like a paper bag that you put your bottle of whiskey in because in the United States you know you're not supposed to drink whiskey on the street not supposed to drink alcohol on the street so you know somebody who might feel like doing that will put his bottle in a paper bag now the cops know what's in there but at the same time they think to themselves he's trying to hide it that's almost good enough for them and that's how it works in Italy. Policemen might see that stamp and say, well, she wasn't out for three months. or She wasn't out for six months, but she made the effort to get the stamp. She's trying to make it look like she's legal. And at the end of the day, when it comes to smaller things like that, that's kind of what Italy is all about. It's all about appearances. And so if you're trying to make it look like you're doing the right thing, I think that that's, you know, as long as you didn't commit some heinous crime... If you're just over here keeping your husband company while he's studying theology, I think that uh, <laughs> I think that it's excusable. Yes, it does seem that I'm not doing anything to detract from society. No, if anything, I mean, and they realize this. People, they realize this. Foreign residents in Italy, expats, short-term expats, they are bringing to the country, especially if they're not working, because they're you know they're taking money out of their American bank accounts. And they're spending it on food, on going out, on clothes, on rent. So they know. They know that people are spending money here. I hate to say it, but you were from a privileged country where they realize that, you know, you're going to be giving more to their country than you're taking away. So all of these things put together. You will be nervous. I know you will be nervous (laughs) when it comes down to it. That's normal. But I think that everything will be fine. And if it's not fine and I never get back... It's been fun. (laughs) (laughs) And this will be our last podcast. Uh, And you can have whatever of my stuff 
is left behind that Derek can't it. get home. Listen, this is not going to happen. So you don't even need, you don't even need, and I'm going to tell you a story now. Now, this is a little dated. This happened maybe five years ago, but it's, it's an interesting story. I really should have my friend Teresa here to tell it because it's her story to tell, not mine. So I will abridge it, uh, and I definitely will not take credit for it. Well, maybe we'll invite her to be on the podcast at some point. Oh, that would be a good idea. Should I wait and have no, her? No, no, no. Time? Tell the story, but we'll have her. Okay, I'll tell the abridged version. But Teresa, good friend of mine, she has been living in Rome, like me, on and off for 10 years. And she always would get that stamp. She was very particular about always having that stamp. Well, one time she didn't have a lot of money to spend and she didn't want to spend anything on a hotel. So she bought a ticket to go to England for one night and come back the first flight in the morning. She wasn't even planning to leave the airport. Problem was her flight out was delayed by several hours. So she didn't actually arrive and get through customs or get to immigration until something like 11 o'clock and her flight was at like around four or six the next morning it was very early and the woman realized this and started giving her a hard time well Teresa who's a very inventive and creative person started lying off the top of her head very amusing lies she made up a boyfriend who was Australian who lived near Hyde Park who worked in a pub and whose name was Alistair Lamont I don't know she pulled it out of the thin air <laughs> And uh, it got to the point where this woman was paging him in the airport, a man who didn't even exist. She invented a job. She said she was a cake decorator. Then she changed her story and she said she was a writer. And when the woman asked her, what are you writing about? She said, honestly, miss, now I'm going to write about this. Ooh. Yeah, she was also a little bit sassy. I think that was the key. You know, you got to be humble. You, you can't... You can't sass these people because they don't have very good sense of humor. So she got taken to a holding cell. She sat there for a few hours until finally they came and got her and informed her that they were not letting her in. She flew back to London, ironically on the same flight that she had booked. Back to Rome, you mean, not to London. Sorry, she flew from London back to Rome on the same flight she had originally booked. The only difference was she was sitting between two armed guards and she had to carry a sign that said expulsion of persons from the United Kingdom. <laughs> when she handed her passport with a big X on the page where her British stamp would have gone, the woman at the passport control in Rome looked at her passport with a big X in it and said, problems in England? And she said, they didn't let me in. And the woman said, Baba which means, oh, well, stamped her passport and let her in. <laughs> wow. That just goes to show how little you have to worry about. <sighs> Let's hope so. Well, at some other podcast, I would like to get into um, how you actually got work here when you were an illegal citizen, if you don't mind talking about it. We'll but see. We'll see. But perhaps we'll leave it there for today Yeah. and hope that uh, hope for the best. Everything will be fine. Just be cool, be humble, and give my award-winning smile. Yes, and and don't and don't try to excuse yourself right off the bat. Keep your story in the back of your mind if you need it. But just go in there like you know how they said you know any if anybody can get in anywhere as long as they have a clipboard in their hand. Do that. You know, act like you are absolutely you know what you're doing, and uh, and you'll be fine. I mean, act like you're some snobby rich world traveler. It's been three and a half months instead of three. Whatever. I'm, you know, I'm traveling here. I'm traveling there. I'm going to be in Vietnam or I'm going to be in Cambodia. Like, don't bother me. I have places to go. I have people to see. 
Oh, this sounds like that old character we used to play in high school. <laughs> Tiffany and I had alternate personalities we used to play in high school, and mine was very wealthy and snobby, probably because that was the opposite of what I was actually like. <laughs> so I'll, I'll channel Veronica and Rockmore in the airport. Do it. I think she'll bring you luck. But, like I said, <laughs> do be humble. If they start questioning you, then don't be sassy, because they don't like that. Yeah, fair enough. All right, I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. We welcome your questions and your feedback. Reach the show by emailing bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at M-A-I-L dot com. Hey guys, it's Katie and Mom. Support the show. If you like it, tell a friend about it. Give us a good rating on iTunes. Thanks for spending these weeks with us.